Tim Hunzi, partner in Parallel Music Publishing and AIMP board member. Welcome to the Nashville Pubcast. Today we cover some frequently asked questions about publishing and songwriting with Trina Smith, Leslie DePiro, Josh Osborne, and Luke Laird. We are going to get into my most favorite thing to talk about, admin. So let's just start off with basic. What is admin? Let's just start there. So we work on behalf of publishers and songwriters because a lot of times they own their own publishing and they have some sort of activity. So they put out a record themselves or they got a cut from maybe a friend or an artist and we make sure that they're getting paid. So there's multiple places where money comes from and we make sure all those places are paying them. And That's then, always good. Yes, Money's and then good. we collect the money and we typically, deals are a little different, but most people pay out their clients quarterly. So we collect their money, we take our cut off the top, and then we pass through their money that we've collected. That's, see, it sounds so simple, yet it's so <laughs> complicated, right? Well, there are some complications, for sure. Let's start with a basic. Say I have the song and I come to you, that now a friend of mine cut it. Let's say it's just an indie artist and I'm like, hey, I got to cut. What do you start with? How do you begin the process? So step number one for anybody is to affiliate with a PRO, Performing Rights Organization. Um, And in the U.S., that's BMI, ASCAP, CSAC. And there's a fourth one called GMR, but that's specific to certain writers. It's a pretty exclusive Um, one, right? Yeah. So most people will will pick one of those other three, and they need to sign up and register as a writer. Um, and then if they own their own publishing, they're going to sign up as a publisher too. So they do need to do both. And, and it's yeah. two separate, completely different yes. companies. Some people just do the first thing, like sign up as a writer, but then it's hard for people to find them. So it's always good to set up as a publisher at the same time. Step You can do it all online. It only takes a few minutes to process. You get your stuff, you get it set up with a, your PRO and the basics of that. And then where do we go? Um, so there's three places mainly that you're going to get money and that's for performing rights money. So you're going to go through whoever you signed up with ASCAP BMI. And what's that money that? from? What, where does that come from? That's performances. So um, say it got played on the radio or it got played on television or there's also money for any of the streaming services. So that's them broadcasting it out. They have to pay those companies to do that. Excellent. So you're collecting that money through that, and then you're also collecting streaming money, and that comes from a few different sources, and then you're collecting any downloads or CD sales, and that, if it's like an independent person, that's coming from your buddy, or if it was like someone from Sony Records, you're getting it from Sony Records, so it's whoever puts the record out, they're going to be paying you for CD sales and downloads. And that's called a mechanical license, correct? correct? Mm-hmm. And do you negotiate that license? And, yes. and is it a standard rate or do you negotiate a rate for standard that? Standard rate, unless they want something that's not standard. <laughs> so usually, usually it's 0.091 cents. And if the song is over five minutes, it costs more money. But that's the standard rate. Um, sometimes if you're the artist, the, um, you'll negotiate with the label and get a lower rate. Um, but for everyone else, it's 0.091 unless you've negotiated. Is that like a control comp clause, yes. what you'd be referring to? And then there's a few artists that put out big compilation records and they'll press like a gazillion units, like a million units, and they'll pay um, for a reduced rate, but they're paying a bunch of units ahead of time. Are you guys super active in the calendars of your writers that you work with? Absolutely. Oversee um, 
all of the calendars. Thank God I have an amazing team to handle with a lot of the minutia of the rescheduling that shouldn't be happening, but does. We can get into that. As a transition, I remember when I first started in music publishing, there was, I didn't do calendars. I rarely, I'd hook up co-writes, but I never saw a calendar, technically, because they were, they had, what what did you call those, day planners? And so they, they held on to them, but I didn't do anything. All I did was pitch songs. So we've had to get Those better at, uh, I call it calendar jockeying. I like do a lot it. of calendar jockeying. Not my favorite part of it, but you have to though, right? It's you vital to the, to the business now. I'm just finding that it's um, heavier on the calendars and lighter on the publishing and pitching, which is unfortunate. Do you feel the same? Like it's now, it's uh, more like matchmaking. You sp- I spent a lot of time trying to, to, to do matchmaking for my writers, find those right relationships that are going to help grow their careers. Yes, and I also try to still convince writers, I don't know why this still doesn't happen, but to allow their calendars to breathe. It's like every living thing needs all the elements to grow, and everyone likes to completely suffocate their calendar. It's like they're hovering over it. And the sun can get to it. No rain, no wind. Every single day, I need to write, I need to write. It's like, take a day off. What are you going to write about if you're not experiencing anything except your room and your cave and your track room? Like, take a day off. Go hang out with your kids. Maybe your five-year-old is going to say something that gives you an idea. So you have the same struggle that uh, I I say I I book the middle of the week. I do uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That's Mm -hmm. all I book in the calendar. And I say, I'm going to leave your bookends open, and I'll, you should keep them that way. And next thing I look in there, and mm-hmm. they've booked all their uh, Fridays right. and Mondays. You're they're like, what? Just, they just don't listen. Children. They like, just don't listen. Our <laughs> 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 writers are going to love us after they hear this <laughs> podcast, that's for sure. Looking at writers, is there a thing that makes you decide that's it? I need to sign this guy. I think there's. um, I will tell you this uh, at Smack again. It 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 lends itself to being a lot of trust. Um, Robin Palmer has great ears for young writers. Um, Matt McGinn was somebody that she very much has championed from the beginning, Uh, and then Lee Crable as well. so they actually bring a lot of people in and go, hey, this is somebody we found. And then I think a lot of times it ends up just kind of being a gut thing. Like you kind of hear the music and go, you know, there's been a couple of people that have maybe gone on to have some success, but we just didn't think they were the right fit necessarily. Like it was like, yeah, this is cool. I don't know if it fits here, you know, um, because, you know, obviously we are, we're looking for things that are maybe a little bit more unique, a little bit different. Um you know, you know, Walker Hayes, things like that. We are kind of looking for things that have a, an identity, things that have a little bit of a uniqueness to them. Um, so I think it ends up being kind of a gut thing. I mean, I think it gets filtered so much because, you know, Shane writes every day, produces a lot. I write every day, produce some. I mean, so it's 
we're not necessarily actively scouting for talent. So I think what happens is people bring things to Robin or Lee, people like that, and they, um, you know, will kind of bring it to us and go, hey, this is somebody we're interested in. What do you think? And uh, that probably 90% of our roster has come from that. That's great. Do you, do you ever take those opportunities to take them in a room before you sign them, see what they're like? Or do you listen? I just assume you listen to some of the music and make uh, We listen to a lot of the music. And then there have been times in the past uh, where maybe we set them up with a couple of younger riders, just kind of get an idea like, hey, what did you think about that? What was your experience? Because so much at our company, and it goes back to the gut thing, is personality as much as anything. Like, you know, we have a very solid stable of riders that everybody gets along. Everybody can hang out. Everybody can be in the kitchen and talking and everybody can be playing ping pong and stuff like that. And I think if somebody doesn't fit in with that, we're not interested. And, and that's, that's a tough thing. Cause there are people that write hits and there are people that, you know, are great, but they just don't fit. Like now that you approach a day, like I'm sure, like you mentioned, you just started writing and it was, you wrote songs and you wanted to write songs. Do you look at things differently as a business owner on like opportunities that you need to do or take a, 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 a as far as writing? Like, mm-hmm. well, I obviously need to probably write more with Little Big Town or do you try like, well, I still want to do this with these young writers, but I know mm-hmm. if I have the option, I probably should write with Artist A or, or mm-hmm. whatnot. Do you, does that current or do you just still go with your gut in general? Um, I... You know, I, I do think about it. Um, one of the great things about being where I at, I am in my career, um, I actually feel okay about saying no to things. Um, and I'm also where I could miss out on stuff as well. But I don't have that fear of missing out thing as much, I feel yeah. like, as some people. Um, I know kind of what artists I could probably work well with and then others that may be great artists. I just know that it's probably not my thing. So maybe I should just spend more time on, you know, this, this thing over here. Um, and I also know, you know, speaking of sacrifices and that, you know, nowadays a lot of writers go out on the road with artists and that's a lot of times how you get cuts. I've kind of, um, consciously, chosen to not do that a lot just because um you know first of all i can afford to because now that i do get opportunities with artists in town i don't you know as a new writer you kind of just have to do what you can do and and i and i i admire that because i did that as well but i've really i kind of pick and choose when i go out on the road it's just you know when you have kids like you just when i'm out there i feel like man i'm really missing out um but I do definitely weigh the working with established artists as well as new artists. Um, I don't write with every single new artist just because you just can't. There's a zillion of them, and they I just never have to stop either. By the way, well, it just keeps coming. I know. So then going. that that's when it, that's when it comes into play with kind of like your instinct. Well, I'm kind of like betting on like I like what this person does, and and 
I've nailed it before and I've missed it a lot of times as well. Thanks for listening to the Nashville AIMP Pubcast. For more information, check out AIMP.org or follow us at Nashville AIMP on Instagram. The Nashville AIMP would like to give a shout out to our sponsors, Jamber and Sound Exchange. Jamber wants to know if you're looking for an easier way to capture song splits at the point of creation and organizing your catalog. Jamber is our podcast sponsor and they are offering listeners a first look at their songwriter and publisher apps that allow songwriters to collaborate when inspiration strikes. Go to jamber.com forward slash AIMP to sign up today. SoundExchange develops business solutions for the entire music industry. They collect and distribute royalties on behalf of more than 155,000 recording artists, master right owners, and music publishers. SoundExchange have paid out more than $5 billion in royalties. SXWorks serves the licensing and administration needs of music publishers around the world and operates CMRRA, which represents music publishers and administers mechanical rights for the majority of songs recorded, sold, and broadcast in Canada. We appreciate you listening to the Nashville Pubcast. Stay tuned for an all-new episode next week.